Welcome back to the H2P podcast here on DK Sports Radio. I am your host, Chris Carter. Of course, this is going to be the basketball podcast. It's a Sunday morning. We hope that we're getting you up on an Easter Sunday. But we got you a special guest for the Easter Sunday, and that's Candace Cooper. She hosts Locked on Tar Heels. Now, I wanted to talk to Candace because she does a great job with her podcast, and you should follow it if you get a chance if you're a North Carolina fan. If you just want to get a sense of what ACC hoops is like, uh, but we're bringing Candace on. We had no idea when we scheduled this that Roy Williams would retire. That's a uh, full full disclosure. But I wanted to talk to Candace about transfer culture. But first, Candace, first of all, thank you for joining the show. Welcome to the show. I, I wanted to get your just the reaction of what it's like to lose uh, or not to, to see Roy Williams, a legendary three-time national champion head coach, retire and what that culture is like, you know, just being of, of UNC. Yeah, Chris, thank you so much for having me. I, it's kind of crazy that I'm trying to be a special guest on it's Easter weekend because I feel like there's other guests, more appropriate guests, right, on <laughs> Easter, but that's all good. You know what I'm saying? Make sure y'all know he is risen, all that good stuff. But no, Roy is retiring after 33 seasons as a head coach, 18 with Carolina, and it's just hitting everyone as a shock. Of course, people behind the scenes knew a couple days, maybe even weeks before, but Roy leaving is just something that nobody saw coming, especially this quickly. Maybe one to two years, two to three at most, but the transition has just been one where you never, it never really hits you till it hits you. And I think you never, never really feel good about someone transitioning to retirement and enjoying their good life. And it's probably something where it's like at the end of the day, we know he should go enjoy the grandkids. We know he should probably go enjoy more time with Wanda, but it still doesn't like he's our coach. He's our, you know, uncle grandpa type figure for us. And right. he's the guy who's led us to national championships. And so having him not be there, it's a lot of pressure for the next guy because we have been so spoiled. So I really feel for the next person coming, but man, oh man, Roy has done so much for his program. It really is time. No, I totally get it. You know, he inherited from Matt Doherty and, you know, and, you know, they, they hadn't been to the tournament in two years and then he goes and he wins a national championship in his second year. And then he just keeps it rolling uh, for, for quite some time. And, and it's f- trying to establish that culture that UNC has always had, you know, with Dean Smith. And then you get Roy Williams, you know, a few years after that, that's what Pitt's been trying to do for a very long time. <laughs> we, you know, you know, we had Ben Howland come in. He did a really, he, he got the program back to relevance. Jamie Dixon had a run where they were competitive. They'd make the sweet 16 every, you know, two, three years. Uh, then Kevin Stallings crashed this. And now we're hoping Jeff Capel can, uh, can, can make the program relevant again someday. Uh, but part of Roy retiring mm-hmm. and what, you know, what we see the fallout, we, we, we always knew even before the transfer portal that that's become a huge part of college sports, even before that, when a coach retires, oftentimes a lot of the guys that he had lined up as recruits, they'll dip. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll, they'll say, well, the guy that I was thinking I was playing for ain't going to be here. Uh, I'm going to try this other program that, and, and, and commit to them. And Jeff Capel experienced that when he took over Oklahoma, they had, they had three top 100 guys transfer out before he even took, you know, he got a chance to like get into the job. So 
Um, you know, that kind of stuff happens when legendary coaches happen. But even before Roy quit, and I wanted to get a sense from you, you know, UNC even saw some of the impact of the transfer culture. Walter Kessler, who was a, a five-star recruit, freshman, you know, a big man on the team. He was, uh, you know, he, he entered the transfer portal. And now I wanted to get a sense, first of all, did you think that was because maybe he saw you know, Roy leaving, or do you think it's because maybe he didn't like how he was kind of outshined by another freshman in Dayron Sharp? You know, that's a really great question. Personally, like from an athlete standpoint, I think Walker wanted more than he was afforded at the time, um, playing with minutes and trying to really get in rhythms and what have you. And of course, we all know Roy is all about loyalty. So starting some upperclassmen ahead of him, I get it, right? You, if you're the best one, you want love in basketball. Don't let a freshman take your spot. Of course, Walker was one of those freshmen that probably could have taken a couple spots. But Roy, again, to that loyalty was keeping him on the bench. And he still, you know, he was a gazelle trying to find his legs. We all saw him. Like, there were moments where we're like, okay, Walker's getting it. And then there were other times we're like, okay, Walker is very much a freshman. <laughs> so maybe it came to, like, some frustration parts. And I can see wanting to be the man at other places. I do believe that, I don't think that Roy retiring had anything to do with Walker deciding to leave, but I also okay. think Roy did not give it, I mean, Roy, Walker did not give it a chance, right? I think right. when you go through COVID, you're not getting the full Carolina basketball player experience. And that's unfortunate. Like he'll never understand what that truly means. Like, of course you get all the gear, you get all, but it's a different kind of love when you walk on campus, right? It's a different kind of air that people assume you walk on as mm -hmm. a basketball player and so if he had gotten the chance to really experience that really experience we saw how he lit up and played so much better when they were fans in the stands when they had you know the limited uh, capacity he played a great game so I think if he had just given that and really had his first Carolina in Cameron kind of game right if he had that real experience he might have appreciated different and also you were going to play a lot of minutes next season right, right. and you know now that he has probably gonna be playing for a new coach it might have been better fresh opportunities fresh eyes in both regards so I think he did himself a, he might have pulled the trigger a little too early mm -hmm. but hey if that's at the end of the day we've heard rumors that it's not just his decision but there's maybe more of a family decision maybe there's some parents we all know helicopter parents I want your son to be the star we get that too so maybe that was a conversation they had at home and decided that was best for him and you know we wish him the best I think that's the part of it that a lot of these fans, we <laughs> quote unquote unquote fans are missing. Like at the end of the day, if a kid doesn't want to be here, I'd rather him not be here than force right. himself and not give him his best self, you know, within the program. So it's best for him to find whatever he's looking for. And I do wish him the best. And I hope that the next person coming in, whoever that is, as a coach and as players, realize that they have to step up because <laughs> we didn't think they're gonna have to fill all these shoes. But Carolina from 2019 and 2020 seasons, they have not been the Carolina that we needed. Of course, this past year they made the tournament but it's still not <laughs> what we've been experiencing right but, but part of it again is the culture there and that's something that and the, a big reason why I wanted to have have you on Candace because you cover a, a team that has a program that has that culture that's established that you know every year when you come in like when when, when Kessler came in there are people to look up to in the program mm -hmm. and Pitt had that for, for a little while in the sense that they had, like, you know, when they brought in a new guy who was really talented, there was someone to look up at and say, hey, that guy's above me. I got to work to aspire to him or, you know, follow his leadership to understand what college ball is like. Jeff Cable didn't get a chance with that with with Pitt when he took over. You know, the guy, the, the, the first recruiting class he had, Xavier Johnson, Audis, Tony, uh, Trey McGowan's, who now are all transferred. You know, there was no one for them to look up to. He's the first Pitt coach to take on a take on the roster with no NBA players on it since like the 80s. And 
that's something that I, you know, I try to kind of tell people is like, hey, that's not easy to, to kickstart. It's not yeah. easy just to get that going, especially now when if someone doesn't like how they're being used, they can just dip into the, mm-hmm. into the transfer portal. And that brings on an extra level of challenges that I don't think that we've seen in college sports, you know, for you know, in, in its time and watching it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's funny, Rose in his press conference and one of his first opening statements was about how in this day and age, more likely people would say, I'm saying I'm opting out. And he said, well, frankly, I think opting out is saying I'm quitting. And I was like, whoo, I'm so glad Roy might be time to leave and exit because I don't think that that's the right word. Like quitting is finding, you know, quitting is a whole different bar, right? Opting out, deciding what's better for you is a whole different thing. I do think though, that there should be some real conversations, you know, as much as we hate having them, even in the work field as, you know, 30 plus year old person, having some real and honest conversations about where you see yourself within a program, about where you see your abilities and what have you, because a lot of people are going to have their feelings hurt (laughs) in this transfer portal. And I think that's the most unfortunate part of it. Like, I do think go find what's best for you. But I think there's so many various reasons that we can't all pin it to, oh, well, a kid just couldn't handle some adversity or a kid just, you know, didn't want or like what a coach said to them. There could be so many reasons, but I do think there are kids that are like that though. I do think there are kids who are like, you know what? I don't have to take this. I have an opportunity to go play and play right away. And that's great for them. I hope they can find a school that's similar. Um, I don't think there's one similar to Carolina or like a Duke or a Kentucky or a Kansas, but Hey, right, right. that's, you know, that's what you kind of pick your poison and decide to do. If you want to go be at the man at a smaller university or one that's not of the same caliber, go do that. And that's great because we all see in the NCAA tournament, if you can play, people are going to find you. So it's really just what you want out of the whole thing. Some people want college, great college experience. Some people want just use this as an avenue to get to their next level. We saw that with Dayron. He just wanted to use this as a great avenue. Luckily, he got a chance to come at a Carolina program that has been mm-hmm. looking for some recruits. But it wasn't like if you look at our roster, none of those guys we're playing one to two years and going to be out anyway right no no I, I get that entirely and, and another thing on Roy before we, we cut to our first break because I want to get back to what you were saying on the transfer portal there um, but one thing uh, you know in, Roy's influence on it, you know it's like coach K you know they, they have influence on the entire culture of basketball and the respect that you get from there like you know we dealt with you know when people came after coach K for some of his for some of his comments Jeff Capel would jump in and, and like and, and say like whoa you don't talk to coach K like that then we know yeah. they're boys but there was also a sense of you know from the higher ups you know i've i remember and i I, you know there was uh this season i don't know if this came across on the broadcast uh when unc played Pitt this year candace there was a point where jeff was just he had had it with the officials and and there were (laughs) a lot of there were a lot of really tough moments with acc officials this year where Pitt would get called for technical for simply saying and one and he was just like that enough of this and there was one time where there's there's two officials and he's in their face and they're going back and forth and roy comes off the bench across the court into the paint and and it's and and he doesn't even talk to Jeff he talks to the officials and we can't hear what they're saying Candace but he's pointing at them and he looks frustrated and then he kind of like puts his hands down and say like let's calm down and 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 Jeff it looks like Jeff says thank you and the refs say okay and they and like it's Roy just diffuses this entire situation (laughs) that's that that kind of respect that you can uh, in your opponent go and kind of help him out in a situation where even you see like, Hey, maybe this is a little much. That's just, that's the kind of, uh, of respect that Roy carries across the board. And I think that's one of the amazing things about it. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I think with that respect, people also recognize, I think Roy personally, a lot of what he was saying is press conferences. I don't feel like I'm the man that can necessarily do the job. And I think after a while, anybody probably gets frustrated yelling between 18 and 22 year olds, right? After, <laughs> after so many years of telling yeah. people to get a rebound, you get tired <laughs> of hearing your own self. I'm like, I'm tired of saying the same things. And there would be points in the season where there were games, I swear to you, Roy would just sit down, fold his arms and what else can he say? I'm not going to keep telling y'all the same <laughs> thing to do. And, I, and we all have grandpas, like we all have had older figures in our lives who we know they have a certain way of thinking, certain mindset, and maybe they, you know, they're not going to change for anybody. Let's just say that. And so I think what is happening with the national um, name, image, and likeness stuff, what is happening with giving players more autonomy and having them speak out and not really having the head coach be the figurehead, you see the shift. And it's okay to say I'm not necessarily with the shift. Right. And it's okay to step back and say, maybe it's time for new eyes. Maybe I'm just not seeing in the way I should. And I'm just going to go sit back and enjoy some baseball games and soccer games and retire and be with my family. That's okay. And I think we were all getting that sense more. So as much as he was self-deprecating and like saying that he wasn't a great coach anymore, I think for me, I got some uh, conversations or hints of like, listen, the game is changing in a way with which I'm not no longer cool with and I'm just going to go bow out while I can before they're going to have to literally carry me out because you see you see guys like Jim Beheim talking about ACC who just say anything and everything flying off the cuff talking about Walker Kessler and the fact that he would have gotten so many minutes made a you know jerk reaction in transferring and all that kind of stuff I'm kind of glad that Roy is not going to have those sound bites you know what I'm <laughs> saying like the opting out one I was like okay right this is your press conference and we know you're going to be gone but I think more and more especially as his name image and likeness stuff is coming out there was going to be some conversations that you were going to end up see Roy unfortunately to me on Twitter or making some kind of headline about being kind of crass about it. So I, for one, am glad that it's just kind of like, all right, cool, let's move on before we end up being on the wrong side of all of this. Absolutely. We're gonna take a quick break here on the HTP Podcast. When we come back, I wanna to talk to Candace about the transfer culture because I wrote about this during this last week on EKPittsburghSports.com. I wanted to get her sense of where she sees the game going. We'll talk about that right after this. Back here on the H2P Podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on BK Sports Radio with Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels Podcast. Candace, it's getting out of control is what I keep hearing about the, about the transfer portal. And I have to agree that, it, it, at least in the sense that maybe it's not out of control, but it's just it's gotten to a level that I'm not sure anyone anticipated. As of right now, if you look on verbalcommits.com that tracks all the Division I tra- basketball transfers, as of right now, there are 1,188 tra- people who have entered the transfer portal for uh, for men's men's wow. basketball, um, you know, in, in D1. And you know, just three years ago, four years ago, when when the uh, when when this all thing started, there was around eight in the 800s. So it's it continues to climb as long as this site's been tracking it. This is by far the most, and you know, we're probably going to hit 1,200 by by Easter Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. Is, do you see this as a problem with college sports? Because that's where, in, 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 the, in the two-sidedness of this conversation, some people say it's become too much and that players are getting too much power to be able to move wherever they want, whenever they want, and it keeps you from establishing a program. And, you know, it's like what you were saying earlier, is this because they just don't want to tough it out? You know, you know but, you know, or is, it, is, this, is this something that 
programs just need to adapt to because it has to be part of the future? That's such a great question. Listen, I wish I had the foolproof answer of this is how it should be, this is how it should go. But at the end of the day, I am always going to be player first, player, you know, advocate and think that you should always do what's best for you and yours. You learn If you learn that early, you can definitely apply that when you go into the real world because all of them are not going to be NBA stars and what have you. So it is always great to be able to speak up and advocate for yourself. But in that same sense, make the smart business move. Like if you're a junior about to be a senior and you know, like league or going overseas, maybe not be, not be your role or just get your degree. Like let's, let's earn this thing instead of having to screw up credits, having to maybe start over and take an extra year. Like let's figure out what's going to be the necessary kind of transition and adjustment. If you love playing ball and it's just like, you had a hard day, maybe let's sleep on it. Like, right. You, you put a, create a tweet, right. you put it in the drafts. Let's sleep on it before we hit sin. I wish more people would do that, but <laughs> Here we are, right? So I think it's like having a conversation with your parents. Is Are your parents, you know, advocating for you to stay, to st- stick it out because they're old school men- mentality or because they genuinely see like this coach is probably the best person for you. You just had a hard day, right? So there's so many questions that you have to ask that unfortunately, I don't think a lot of these players are, I, they can't possibly, because if you saw the portal and maybe I just take a glance, take a gander, <laughs> like see who's <laughs> out there. Like if there's a hundred and guards who are better than you have better stars than you are better film on tape than you maybe maybe not let's 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 reconsider you know wanting to right. transfer because i think at the end of the day what you don't want to find yourself is stepping putting yourself backwards right it's taking steps back especially if you want to play the next level albeit g league you know whatever what have you whatever level don't put yourself in a position where you're going to have to climb even further to get out of like if you can make something i think it's also the whole personal and business mentality like if you can just make being with your coach a business decision <laughs> and like let's get through like right. I think there's a lot of guys with coach Izzo right talking about Michigan State mm-hmm. who probably make this a business decision right having Michigan State behind you that's a lot it's a different level with someone who has politics to get you in a room right we don't have to be best friends but if you know I'm a hard worker that's just you know ABC one two three right mm-hmm. I think having guys like Roy vouch for you having coach K vouch for you even having Capel like there's different pipelines with different people that can vouch for you better than other others and so those are the kind of things that we also have to teach these young men like make business decisions right. don't make it personal like in the, the day get to where you got to go because when you're in the league you're not really going to be thinking like man i can't believe coach cussed me out those two years ago you're not going to care <laughs> like right. when those checks get signed you're not going to care about those type of things so i think it's a matter of can you just get through certain levels of adversity now if it's toxic to the point where like it's isolated. You're the only person that gets treated like crap and all that kind of stuff is bad for your mental health. All of those things. Like I, of course do what's best for you, but also give yourself, you know, see if there are resources that can help you through adversity and tough times to where it's not just, Oh, I'm frustrated. I'm leaving. Like make sure it's just a great decision. Ultimately that'll help you in the long run. I I, I agree entirely. And that's, that's something that, that, that Jeff has talked about in in some of our in some of our like our media availability like he told about how like the, the first time that coach k dug into him was during a tournament you know, was was at where they lost in the acc tournament and and like he just felt so horrible and he felt like he was backed in a corner but it was he did he realized coach k did it and then he didn't ride with them on the bus back to campus and it, it was because of the culture because they had the players on the team that would lift him up and he said that's what helped him play much better in that uh, that 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 NCAA tournament that year, and it's just that that's part of what 
coaches have used to, to psych out players, to get them out of whatever funk they're in and to get them to understand, Hey, this is where I'm trying to get you. I see this in you. And it's not as easy. Like, like you said, it's not as easy for you to take rebound, you know, put this up, pass the ball. You know, it's not as easy to get, get through to some guys. And sometimes it takes second them out. But when, with the transfer portal, it is harder to get through that way. Cause at the end of the day, you know, a player could say, I don't need to take this. I yeah. played at such and such AAU. I've done this. I've done that. I don't need to hear this from you. I'm going to go somewhere else. And, and perfect example, Xavier Johnson, who, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the, you know, anyone who watched Pitt, people loved Xavier because he was so explosive. He was, when he was hot, he was on fire. But if X was, it, it was just not having a good day, he would drive through quadruple teams and get blocked <laughs> and then be like, it's all right, I'll get him next time. And we're just like, hey, stop, slow down. And, yeah. and, and and so now Xavier Johnson after threes, and again, this is a guy, his freshman year when Jeff Capel took over, you know, he had a great, you know, start and Pitt was still bad, but he, because he flew up, his first year when he was talking to the media at one point, he's like, I'm not going to be here in three years. And he was talking about going to the NBA. Like it was a, it was a certainty. Now, mm-hmm. three years later, he's not going to be a pit, but not because he's going to the NBA. Yeah. Um, and, and just uh, just Saturday morning, um, he told ESPN that his next four schools that he's the top four schools that he has right now on his list are Baylor, Houston, Indiana, and St. Joseph's, you know, those are some big basketball schools. So mm-hmm. For some players, it makes sense when you're saying, hey, if I can get the right landing spot, that's great and all. You know, Baylor right now is in the tournament. Houston in the tournament. Indiana's Indiana. And so even St. Joseph's would be would, would be a, would be a cool step for him. But then, you know, you get other situations where, like, you know, Adi's Tony, he got to Arkansas, which is great for him. And But, you know, uh, 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 Abdul Karim Koulibaly, he was the, 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 the most recent of pit transfers. He's going to mm-hmm. St. Bonaventure. And it's like, okay, Atlantic 10, we get it. You get to be, you know, you'll probably be the star of that show. But, you know, what could you have gotten if you had stuck it out here and worked, worked with this team and become a better part of it and continue to compete in the ACC? That's something that I think that every player has to ask themselves. And like you said, it, we can't, we can't know the billion things that are going through these guys' minds. You don't know, you know, what their family situation is like, what their financial situation is like, you know, who's depending on them at that point in time. And we also don't know, if they're really in an abusive relationship, you know, for, yeah. for people for years, people were like, oh, that's just Bobby Knight. He's crazy. But then you find out after the fact, no, that guy was abusing people. The <laughs> yeah. way that he talked to his players was was inexcusable. And the way that he treated them and impacted their lives and, and intimidated them, it was otherworldly. And I think that's where the transfer portal is most useful, right? Yeah. It helped. If there's a really bad situation, a player can just get out of it. Like, like how a lot of pit players left when Kevin Stallings came in the stuff that we continue to uncover about how bad the program was under his just for two years, it shows like, okay, that's a situation where you, where it works, but that, I guess that's the, that's the balance of it, right? These situations where it makes sense. And then all these other situations where you're left scratching your head, I'm not so sure that was for a healthy reason that they left. Yeah. And I don't think the NCAA is coming with a transfer 101, you know, pro brochure <laughs> to make sure, you know, like, Hey, do you know that you're now going to have to advocate for yourself over anybody else? Like if you don't have a good relationship with your coaches, they're not making phone calls on your behalf. And you got to hope that people know you're transferring and that, you know, they can come and grab you and scouts and whatever other coaches that are looking for certain guards. And again, we, we talk about, you know, guys in football that have to go, Hey, coach, did you see my tape? Like, make sure you give me a shot and all that kind of thing. So it's it's tough it's a tough tough avenue and honestly it could work out for some and I just hope that it does like I hope whenever they make that decision they've at least had some kind of conversations in the works so they're not scrambling come fall and October where they have no home 
right? And they have to end up at D2 or junior college or whatever have you, because they have literally nowhere to go. And football is their main, fo- I mean, basketball is their main focus. That's why I also hope that a lot of these guys are putting education first, <laughs> right? Right. We advocate for, you know, athletics and all that stuff. And we say, athlete, you know, be a student athlete, but it's not real. Like your students, you should be students as you want to go again, make sure you get your credits, make sure you're straight <laughs> from that space, because having to jack yourself up just to go have a hoop dream. I don't, I don't mind hoop dreams. I just, right. you know, education is something that you'll always have. So. Exactly. And, and being, and getting, and getting that education and setting yourself up for, for a career is, yeah. it should be the goal. Cause again, in, in football, it's, it's a lot easier to make it to the pros than it is the NBA. Simply because there's much more positions, there's seven rounds that you get drafted. And in the NBA, if you ain't the best, of the best, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's out there. Like Justin Champagne right now, Justin Champagne is, is weighing, you know, he's, he's going through the NBA process and for pit fans, it's like, Whoa, this is insane. Like they like we you don't get this too often around around Pitt. And he was first team all ACC. But still, even in doing that, you're in your question, like, okay, you don't have a consistent three-point shot. You don't drive to the you don't have you don't have consistent handles in how you attack attack the basket. What if you came back and did that for another year? And we'll see what he chooses to do there. But you know, in, in the NBA, it is it is such you have to be so good to yeah. get to that level, right? And and I, I'm sure you see it every year with UNC, like there's guys. You, you guys normally, you know, regularly send guys to the NBA, but then there's some guys you're like, I'm not so sure if you're as good as you think you are. But again, it's up to that, that player to decide, hey, I'm ready. Or even if, you know what, my family needs this. We, you know, I've, I've done the whole student, you know, you know, live free as a student and I'm, you know, ready to step in. And even if I'm not a first round pick, if I'm making, you know, second round money or, or just getting into the NBA period, I, I, I want to do that for my family. Absolutely. Listen, there are guys who go to Carolina who have all dreams, intents, and purposes thinking they're going to the league and get humbled real quick. So there's levels to all of this, right? There are people who, you know, they can go to Arkansas State and they're going to the league. So it really is comes down to talent and how good you are. But I think, again, you talked about and mentioned a little bit about the AAU culture and everyone assuming that they're the best. And it's unfortunate that we kind of live in a society where everyone feels like they're so great and don't have to put necessary work because you can do a certain skill set. Like, Danny Green has stayed in that league because he is amazing at one thing and that's shooting and half the time he can do defense well right but he has perfected one certain craft and I think all these guys now they've been told and taught that you have to have 10 different skill set but I'm like if you're only average right. at those 10 things what good is it right you everybody's not a Giannis right exactly. everyone can't, can't drink muscle milk and magically just be great so we got it everyone's not a big man who can shoot threes that's just his natural thing and of course he's moved away from the big man but if you look at Carolina that's why another thing you get frustrated about Walker I'm like that's kind of a staple of the program guards and big men so I'm gonna need for you to just you know stick it out a little bit you were people were already giving you conversation to be about the next Tyler Hansborough and so it's just a missed opportunity that's unfortunate but yes guys it's un- it stinks that so many people have this head about them who get very much humble like, there's the guys who went to Carolina who got drafted but find themselves in the G League or two-way players you know so there's so many different avenues to this journey absolutely Candice, this has been a wonderful discussion just about ACC basketball, NBA basketball, and just, you know, all the things here. Thanks so much for joining the H2P podcast here. Please let people know they can find you, follow you, listen to you, and get more of your work. 
Yeah, absolutely. Chris, thank you so much for having me. Listen, if you want to hear more about Carolina football and basketball, Mac Brown is about to have one hell of a season. I'm feeling like Sam Howell is going to win the Heisman. So you've got to follow at Locked on Heels or Locked on Tar Heels podcast available anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Candace D. Cooper, D as in dog. I love talking to people just about sports in general. I'm not really a clapback person. So if you talk crazy, that's just where it's going to sit and stay. So <laughs> feel free to have good convo and just keep it fun and light because that's what sports really should be absolutely and for you Steelers fans out there because I know that, that, that that's an easy crossover from Pitt to Steelers Sam Howe is the real deal and everyone's talking about yeah. who's going to be the heir for Ben Roethlisberger it's going to be interesting to see how Howe does does compare to his competition because that will be the next bar of where we're talking about this time next year when we're looking at quarterbacks in the NFL draft and who's going to get who so do check that out do follow Candace and hey y'all who give us five stars because we all ask you to give us five stars and leave positive comments for DK Sports Radio please do the same for Candace on Locked on Tar Heels that would be great to, to help her out uh, thanks again Candace for joining happy Easter to everyone who who enjoy who celebrates it uh, we appreciate everyone for listening to the show stay tuned for DK Sports Radio we got DK's daily shots firing back up on Monday as usual Dayon's going to be firing off you know the, the, the Penguins are playing this weekend the Pirates are getting getting things started so much to listen to so much to enjoy right here on DK Sports Radio